Merhaba from Keswick Village. This is the Rorschach Turkey update from the 14th of February, 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Turkey. Some updates on the earthquake. Unfortunately, the death toll is past 30,000 and it continues to increase every day. According to the environment minister, over 12,000 buildings either collapsed or sustained heavy damage. A group of lawyers filed criminal complaints against the contractors of the buildings that collapsed for malpractice, and the Progressive Lawyers Association filed a lawsuit against ministers, governors, and the AFAD, the National Disaster Management Agency, claiming that their negligence and inadequacy in both preparing for an earthquake beforehand and managing the situation after the earthquake cost many of their lives. The public is also protesting against the contractors, as well as the government, for not following and enforcing the necessary construction measures and for failing to organize a systemic rescue and aid plan. Like on Friday the 10th, during the Justice Minister's visit to the earthquake zone in Diyarbakir, with the city's governor and the government-appointed mayor, people started booing them and shouting slogans about how the executive didn't support them. Ahbap, a non-governmental foundation, and Babala TV, a YouTube channel, led the primary fundraiser and mobilization organization together and raised over a billion liras, around 45 million U.S. dollars. After the public pointed this out and accused the government of falling short, instead of trying to be more active in supporting the quake-hit zones, some government officials tried to turn it into a power play and slammed the two, claiming that they were not trustworthy. However, many claimed that the organizations were more trustworthy than donating directly to the government. More on rescue efforts. International rescue teams said that the government has decided to bring heavy construction equipment to remove the rubble. However, they pointed out that this would lead to more deaths and not help the rescue efforts at all. Citing this, the Spanish rescue team said that they didn't want to be a part of this and has left the country. More on international aid efforts. The National Assembly of South Korea decided to donate 3% of the parliament's members' monthly incomes to victims of the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Similarly, many political parties in Turkey also decided to donate one monthly wage to the victims. Ali Erbash, the president of the Religious Affairs Directorate, also announced that he would donate one wage and called for other members of the directorate to donate as well. Citing Ali Erbash's remarks, the Turkish Workers' Party tweeted, quote, Give your cars, end quote, referencing how the directorate purchases luxury cars with government funds. Speaking of the government's shortcomings and faulty policies, on Wednesday the 8th, following growing public outrage against the government, the Communications Technology Authority, or BTK, restricted social media use. The public had been using social media, especially Twitter, to communicate and spread awareness about the whereabouts and needs of survivors. So, restricting social media slowed down the rescue parties and risked lives, which brought about even more criticism against the government. We've talked about the buildings that collapsed. What about the ones that didn't? Even though Hatay was affected badly by the earthquake, no buildings collapsed in its Ersin district. The mayor of Ersin said that he strictly enforced the construction measures and didn't give licenses to buildings constructed against these standards. He added that people didn't like him because of this and were cross with him. However, he said that his conscience was clean and he didn't have anyone's blood on his hands. The mayor of Ersin's remarks once again highlighted that such a destruction could easily have been avoided if every mayor and contractor were as considerate as him. On to some news about the elections. Recall that the president announced the election date as the 14th of May earlier than the scheduled date. However, now, Bulent Arinj, a senior member of the ruling Justice and Development Party, is saying that the elections should be postponed immediately following the devastating earthquake. Opposition figures criticized his remarks for making electoral plans while people are still fighting for their lives under the rubble. They also accused him of trying to use such a tragic incident as a means to political gain. 
Experts pointed out that the Constitution clearly states the elections can only be postponed during a war. However, Arinch said that the Constitution was not a sacred text and that it can be changed. As a response, the opposition Future Party's spokesperson said that Arinch's remarks sounded like a call for a civil coup. On Saturday the 11th, President Erdogan announced that universities will switch to online teaching in the spring term and students in the state-run credit and dormitory institution dormitories will have to move out to accommodate earthquake victims. Of course, many opposed this decision. They criticized how education was the first thing the government gave up and demanded that it utilizes hotels, empty residences, or guest houses instead of student dormitories. They further added that by switching to online education, the government was trying to prevent the youth from gathering and protesting against the executive for the devastation in the earthquake zone. Some also pointed out that sending students back to their hometowns could affect the youth's voting in the election, as most are registered to vote in their university cities. Speaking of the victims' accommodation, currently the earthquake victims are residing in tent camps. Experts argue that tent camps don't have proper hygienic measures, like access to sewage disposal or garbage collecting, and it also poses a risk of carbon monoxide poisoning because people burn whatever they can find to warm themselves up inside. The Istanbul Medical Chamber said that the cities hit by the earthquake were facing a high risk of contagious disease outbreak like influenza, scabies, or measles because the victims lack access to hygiene and proper nourishment. The health minister assured the public that they were taking the necessary steps to avoid epidemics and added that the ministry is working on supplying vaccines to the quake-hit zones. Back to education. Recall that last week, the government shut down schools for a week nationwide as a part of a national mourning. On Thursday the 9th, it prolonged the break one more week, that is, till Monday the 20th. However, later on Saturday the 11th, the education ministry announced that, following the demand of parents, private kindergartens would resume education on Monday the 13th. In unrelated news, on Saturday the 11th, Denis Baikal, the former chair of the main opposition Republican People's Party, or CHP, passed away at the age of 84. He had been having some health problems in the last few years, and his family reported that he passed away peacefully in his sleep. Baikal started his political career back in the 1960s and had served as the foreign minister, finance minister, and the energy and natural resources minister throughout his life. He also chaired the main opposition for over 15 years until 2010, when he resigned from his post after an alleged sex tape surfaced. However, he still remained a parliament member. Both Kamal Kalichdarulu, the current chair of the CHP, and President Erdogan sent their condolences to his family. And that's it for this week. Remember, we have a Mastodon account. Check out our instance, Rorschach.social. If you don't know what Mastodon is or want to know more about it, check out the link in our show notes to our substack. Hoshchak Kaleen! Thank you.